Audio. This podcast is called Obsessed. Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest get some secrets off their chest. You should listen. It's the best. Hello and welcome to Obsessed with me, Joseph Scrimshaw. I'm sitting in my home with a very funny comedian and a person who is actually good at answering emails. Caitlin Durante. Yay! Hi! <laughs> That's the nicest compliment ever. The email thing, not the comedian thing. I don't care about that. <laughs> sure. <laughs> oh, man. I, I try so hard to give good introductions to comedians. And even when I just say they're very good at comedy and then something else, immediately it's back to, <laughs> it's always the let other me thing. bust on myself about how crappy I am at comedy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I, I'm pretty good at com- I'm definitely, I th- I'd say I'm better <laughs> at answering emails than I am at comedy. So... Yeah, I'm just going to roll with that. I think it is easier to answer emails than to do good comedy. You would think, but and I yet, have encountered yeah. so many people who are not <laughs> good at answering emails. No, people are absolutely terrible about it. It's yeah. a it's an issue that I have. I feel like I'm beginning to sound like old man yelling at cloud. <laughs> right. Almost literally. Uh-huh. Uh, because everybody's like, hey, have you tried Slack? I'm just like, fuck you. No, fuck Slack. What's that? Slack is a thing that everybody is using for all of your various sub-projects. Mm. So it's kind of like a message boardy thing, but like I know people who use it at work, but then you anybody can form it. Like you work at Nerd Melt Showroom booking it. So you could create a Slack for like all the people who perform ner- normally at Nerd Melt, and then we could all chat about ideas in that. And uh, it is a great community building thing, mm-hmm. but it is also get pinged by 8 million more messages from another thing. Yeah, that sounds overwhelming. Yeah. Anyway, so I appreciate that you're good at email. I say yelling at a cloud. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So can you tell people a little bit more about who you are, what you do? I think we covered really a lot of it. Yeah, uh, that's pretty much it. All my defining (laughs) characteristics. I do comedy. I answer emails. Well, part of the reason that you and I have emailed and uh, one of the things that one of the reasons I email a lot is for my job, which is I am the program director at the Nerd Melt Showroom, uh, which is a comedy venue in Los Angeles. Um, I so I handle all of their like uh, show booking stuff. Um, I also have a podcast called the Bechtel Cast. It's inspired by the Bechtel Test, which is a thing that you apply to you know movies or shows or books that requires that two women characters have to speak to each other, and it has to be about something other than a man. Preferably, those characters have been named. They have names. <laughs> Surprisingly, a lot of things do not pass the Bechtel test. So I started up a podcast with my co-host, Jamie Loftus. We talk about a different movie every week, and we discuss its portrayal of the women characters in the movie. And then we conclude each episode by uh, determining whether or not it passes the Bechtel test. Pretty. Much, I also am a screenwriter, but like not actively. Like no one has bought my scripts. <laughs> so like, do it, can I even say that? I don't know. Yeah, a lot of people say aspiring. Right. How does that feel when you say, hi, Ugh. I'm Caitlin, Bleh. aspiring screenwriter? Yeah. No. Uh, yeah, I'd rather not use that yeah. adjective. Yeah. Do you fall into the stereotype of writing at Starbucks? No. Then you're killing it <laughs> at screenwriting. I don't think I've ever gone to a Starbucks and spent more than five minutes there. So <laughs> You're killing it at life then. <laughs> Thank you. So your obsession is a movie. Mm-hmm. That I don't know if it passes the Bechdel test. Do you know off the top of your head? I do know, and I'll tell you if you want to know. I or maybe do that's a question know. later on. Well, let's uh, let's start with that, and then we'll get into it. Your obsession is the movie Titanic. Yes. 
Does it pass the Bechdel test? It does. Nice. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. There's a scene between Rose, played by uh, Kate Winslet, and her mother. um, And they're talking, like, her mother's, like, strapping up her corset or whatever that garment is called and they're talking about rib hugger right yeah (laughs) (laughs) they're old rib squeezer um and they're talking about uh, a man jack but then they ended up talking about something else they're just talking about their future and their financial situation and stuff like that so it technically passes the test um, I can't remember if it happens. Oh, it, it happens earlier on as well. I think between Old Rose and her granddaughter. Oh, um, okay. And toward the beginning of the movie, before we even enter the, the you know, the 1912 era. Um, but yeah, so it, it it passes a couple of different times. Each scene is quite brief, and you'd easily forget about it if you weren't paying close attention. But technically, the movie does pass the Bechdel test. Nice. I totally did forget that it passed that. <laughs> uh, so for people who have never seen Titanic, how would you describe it? If an alien landed and is like, I understand one of the biggest things in your Earth culture is the 1997 film Titanic. <laughs> how would you describe it to the aliens? It is a, a juggernaut of a movie <laughs> about kind of a juggernaut. No, um, it's an epic film. It's three hours and 14 minutes long, <laughs> which is longer than any movie should be. Although I don't mind that this movie is that long. I love every minute of it. It's been described as Romeo and Juliet on a boat. <laughs> That's pretty literal. <laughs> right. Um, and it's a romance story, but it's also a, a great action flick. Oh, and, okay. Yeah. Have you ever seen it? Oh, yeah. I've seen it, but okay. I would never have m- said action. It's not action in the sense that there's like an action hero punching bad guys and, <laughs> and, and car chases, but the last hour and, the ha- and a half of the movie is nonstop awesome practical effects and action. Yeah. I would say disaster, but... It is disastrous. Well, not the filmmaking. The filmmaking is great. The What's happening is a disaster. But yeah, I guess, I mean, yeah, maybe it's wrong to say action. It's interesting to me because it makes me think, does action have to be proactive? Because it's when I think of an action movie, happening. I think it's like two uh, forces colliding that have agency and purpose. Mm-hmm. And I guess if somebody said the iceberg is sentient, and it wanted to kill Jack, then I'd say Titanic is an action movie. That is what that movie's about. Yeah, so it's a very long movie. Um, Half of it is (laughs) romance, and the other half of it is everybody dying. When did you first see it? I first saw it when it came out in 1997. I saw it at a drive-in movie theater with my mom and my sister. Uh, There was a drive-in theater not far from where I grew up. Like, it was like a mile down the road from my house in western Pennsylvania. I don't even... I was 11, so I didn't really know what to expect. I didn't know if I'd, like, seen any trailers. You know, I was a young kid. I was dumb. I didn't, you know... You didn't didn't have, like, movie opinions yet, did you? No, I don't think so. I had favorite movie. I had movies I liked, but I what didn't have, like, the very sophisticated (laughs) uh, opinions... And points of view that I have now. But yeah, I saw it and uh, I, I became obsessed with it. And I, as soon as it came out on VHS, because DVDs were, if they were a thing at that point, they weren't very popular or prevalent. So uh, we got the VHS, which if you remember was on two separate tapes. It because was big. It's so long. 
and I had my mom buy it for me and there was an entire summer that I watched it every single day really? and sometimes twice a day. You would watch it twice. That's Sometimes. most of your day. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> you seem a little obsessed. Like part of what fascinates you about it is that it's longer than it should be. Mm-hmm. You you almost feel like it, you talk about it like it's almost unnatural. And yet you watched it twice a day. <laughs> yeah, it's it's confusing. Yeah, I, well, I, we would like, my sister and I would start it in the morning. And it would, <laughs> it would be, it would like lunchtime, it would finish up. You're describing it like it's a crock pot that you used to make meat. We start it in the morning, (laughs) and by afternoon, it'll be done. (laughs) We'd just look at each other, and we'd be like, do you want to watch that again? And we'd both like kind of nod and be like, yeah, let's do it. So we would watch it twice in a row, and this would happen. So I've probably seen this movie at least 50 times, which, when you do the math and uh multiply the runtime of three hours and 14 minutes by 50 times it's almost it's a week i spent an entire week watching the movie titanic yeah. in my life that's not bad yeah <laughs> just a week yeah so when you were young uh what grabbed you about it what made you out of all the other movies that you saw made you say i need to watch this double vhs twice a day I want to be clear. It's not even my favorite movie. Okay. So it's it's like in my top probably 20, but I've seen it more times than other movies that I like better than it. Okay. I don't know what that says about me, but for me, it was just such an easy movie to watch because there's so much buildup and you're like, all right, if I'm not even, if I'm not ready for the action yet, I can just sit back and watch these two, <laughs> this rich girl and this poor guy fall in love and then uh i've had time to just t- t- to prepare t- emotionally and mentally for all the shit that's about to go down uh and then when that starts to happen it's just the most exciting action-packed movie to answer your question i i don't know why it grabbed me so much i just i it's not even though i like like the characters that much you didn't actively lo- hate them, though. I didn't actively hate them. I, because I, I don't like this movie for the reasons that a lot of people like this movie, which is the romance story. Okay, not even I as think. a is a eleven, twelve, thirteen year old as you were. I've never been into that kind of stuff. Okay. Um, my favorite, my favorite <laughs> movie is I romance. hate. I hate love. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, I no. Um, the movies that I was watching at that time were Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Nice. Back to the Future and Star Wars, especially Return of the Jedi, which I know is not the best one, but I still love it the most. And those were like my three favorite movies. Um so, you know, there's romance in those movies, but it's not uh it's just like a subplot or it's not anything that's driving the whole story. So the fact that I uh, liked a movie so much, Titanic, which has so much screen time, which which is just dedicated entirely to the romance developing between Jack and Rose, um, is a bit confusing. But again, that's not necessarily why I watched the movie. I just was fascinated by the the shipwreck. Okay, so you, I don't want to say endured. You you used the romance is processing time. So you could enjoy the horror right. death and destruction. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Do you think other movies would be your favorite if they were structured the same way? 
Probably not because I think I would get annoyed that there was so much time spent developing a thing that I didn't care that much about until it like got into the okay excitement. But for Titanic, it was the right magic combination of the romance. Was yeah. I imagine that you weren't bored? It wasn't like you were because you could just put in the second VHS tape, right? And but I would set. never do that. I always started from the very <laughs> beginning, and then there there's twenty minutes before you even get to. <laughs> Jack and Rose's story in 1912, where it's old Rose and Bill Paxton, R.A.P., and his crew of people where... It's really 20 minutes? 20 minutes. Tw- I think 21 minutes. Okay. So it's a very long amount of time, which is 20 minutes into most movies is when the inciting incident happens, maybe even a little bit earlier. So we're barely... We're not even in the the Jack Rose story. Yeah. By 21 minutes into this. This is film. like 20 minutes of a hand opening a book to the page one. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But I, ju- I don't, and it's not even though, as though I think like James Cameron direction is that amazing that I, but for whatever reason, I just find it all so captivating. Yeah. Um. And right. Like I said, I'm not, I'm not bored by the romance story. Um. I... And so I did this uh, movie uh, on my podcast. Okay. And um, I discovered that my co-host and I were both obsessed with this movie. (laughs) And um, we were like, wait, you like Titanic? I like Titanic. I've seen it like 50 times. Me too. Oh, my God. So we were super excited to do the episode. And then we finally had a a guest suggest that we do it, um, Aparna Nancherla, Nancherla. And um, we were like, oh, my God, this is great. This is so exciting. We watched it together. We got wine drunk. It was we were being very basic. But (laughs) I think I subconsciously one of the reasons I subconsciously like this film a lot is that the main female character, Rose, is like a tiny bit problematic, but not as much as you would expect for uh, a movie of this nature from the 90s right um she's surprisingly like she's kind of a damsel in distress but not really right so for like someone who's like this prim and proper rich girl um who like she feels trapped and yes she does have to like kind of be saved by jack who like introduces her to this whole new a whole new world the freedom of poverty (laughs) right whenever it like she's just she has a lot of agency in the story she there's a whole sequence where she actually has to literally save him because he's handcuffed to a a pole and like about (laughs) to drown um so she's not this like helpless little girl she's actually doing stuff she's very active in the pursuit of her goals and the things that she needs to do for the story um so i i feel like i was just empowered i felt empowered by this strong woman and i didn't really notice it until i rewatched it for the sake of the bechdel cast and was like oh man like she's way more badass than i ever really was aware of yeah until i was like actually paying attention to her character and what she does in the story. So I think subconsciously one of the reasons I was able to endure uh, <laughs> such a long, like two hours worth of 
like, oh, uh, I like you, but oh, I, I can't be with you because I'm engaged to Billy Zane and <laughs> get away from me. But oh, wait, now I, I do want to kiss you. I don't know. Draw me like one of your French girls. Like, I was able to, I, I enjoyed those parts just because uh, Rose is cool. She's yeah. real cool. Yeah. <laughs> so do you feel like you need or want to be a defender of the movie? Like, it has a place now in pop culture where it is a strong producer of gifs and memes draw mm-hmm. me like one of your french girls and the meme or gif of rose spinning something and it always changes what it's spinning right, which is yeah. great <laughs> uh, when you see those are do you feel like you're cheapening my film or when mm. people at a party are like titanic sucks are you like hold my beer i'm gonna go in on this <laughs> uh I would not like. I get memes. Me like I. I find those funny too. Okay. Um. At, at least the funny ones. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I do kind of feel the need to defend it, especially because so many people rail against this movie. Although I find that a lot of the people who don't like it are people who haven't actually seen it. Yeah. Um. So that's upsetting. But I. I have had a number of arguments with people who are like, Titanic sucks. This movie's stupid. And I'm like, no, it's great. You need to give it a chance. (laughs) I actually tell a few jokes about it on stage, too, uh, which I don't need to say (laughs) now. But um, But you can if you want. It's gotten to the point where I'm like, I have to write material about this movie. I love it so much. But I mean, one of my jokes is that uh, people think it's like this sappy love story um, about two star-crossed lovers and their tragic tale. That's not what this movie is about. This movie is about a ship that commits a spectacular suicide because <laughs> of all the boring love shit that happens on it. <laughs> um, so I and in the the uh, perspective of comedy analysis, is that a joke that is a thing that you are saying that you have constructed to be funny, or is it something that is coming from your heart? Is it a joke that betrays a truth about the teller? A little bit of both, if that's possible. Like, I've often, like, I don't think the 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 love parts are boring, but I definitely like the second half of the movie more than the first half. Okay. As soon as, um, as soon as, like, the, the, the watch out guys spot the iceberg, and they're like, oh my god, there's an iceberg. <laughs> Actually, no. Um, whenever he draws her naked, from that scene on, which I think is, uh, there's probably like an hour and 40 minutes left of the movie. Okay. It's so exciting because there's, there's, there's like, there's sexiness. They have sex and this guy's chasing them. Billy Zane's, uh, val- valet is like, is, is chasing them. And then, uh, there's the scene in the car and, there which and is then the sex spot, scene right with the, the, the steamy hand on the right yeah yeah, okay. yeah. and then there they spot the iceberg and from that moment on uh it's just like the mo- there's an, a sequence where like everyone's doing everything they can for the ship not to hit the iceberg and it's like five minutes of just like so intense like oh my god and then something happens for this movie that is a phenomenon that i cannot describe but every time i watch it and there's like a there's a moment of there's like five minutes of chaos and then there's like a, a, a silence where everyone is like, is the iceberg gonna hit? So everyone's just like, we've done everything we can. This is the calm before the storm. Is the iceberg gonna is the ship gonna hit the iceberg? And every time I watch it, I'm like, 
maybe this time it doesn't. Okay. Like the filmmaking, it just the way that's shot, I'm like, maybe. Maybe it doesn't happen this time. Maybe the movie ends differently. <laughs> Even though I've seen it 50 times, maybe this is it. So they just manage, they, they manage t- uh, tension and, and build up and expectations so well in that moment that yeah. I'm like, oh, maybe it won't happen this time. Right. So people yeah. see it as like a sappy love story, but you are seeing it as a true perfect tragedy. Cause that's what tragedy is supposed to do. Like going back to the Greeks in Shakespeare, it is most, it's supposed to make you hear a familiar tale and feel every time like but if you turned left Mm -hmm. yeah do you relate that to your life do you ever feel like you are in the moment where you're i think the iceberg's gonna hit but maybe not (laughs) (laughs) every day uh not on that scale obviously there's not icebergs hurling at me in my life but um it's a very happy tragedy and i i wonder if that's the power not for you specifically but for people who love it in that it is kind of the most mushy hallmark fantasy i think young person's fantasy of what love could be Mm -hmm. and what sex could be uh it's got this uh, melange of class warfare that is Uh very makes one feel very righteous and it's easy to agree with the protagonist right but then it is ultimately about the true story of the titanic which is hubris and death in an ocean (laughs) (laughs) so it's just uh, it is a fascinating bundle of things but it to me it's like a very happy tragedy of like yeah especially because rose uh, does survive and she takes everything that she learned from jack who was basically just this sort of catalyst to get her life turned around because up until that point she was suicidal she felt trapped she's like i cannot go through this marriage this is horrible i'm gonna if I don't die, I will live a very miserable life trapped in this, like, socialite lifestyle. The social rib hugger, yeah. <laughs> right. And uh, so she, Jack was this catalyst that, like, gets her out of this situation, which, as I talk about on my podcast, like, part of me is like, ah, it kind of sucks that, like, a man has to save her from that. But people come and go in your life. Sometimes they're a man, sometimes not. Uh, cause the thing that bothered me was like, there's such a big trope in movies where like a guy has to save a girl cause she's a damsel in distress and she's, uh, hell, you know, she's been captured by the bad guys yeah. and da da da. So like that happens in a sense in this movie, but at the same time, it didn't bother me that much for this film because she's just like, all right, he's just a catalyst that's get, who is like propelling me onto my own new path yeah because they know each other for three days and then he dies and then she's gone on to this whole like she lived a very full life after that we don't see it except for uh little photos that she takes where she's like she went to the santa monica pier and rode a horse and she was an actor (laughs) and she uh you know married someone else and had kids and does pottery like she seemed to have done everything she wanted to do right that she wouldn't have been able to trapped in this uh marriage with uh billy zane Zane, yeah who was a sociopath (laughs) um yeah it's interesting i haven't seen the movie in a long time so i might be full of shit Uh but it almost seems like jack is kind of a manic pixie dream boy actually yes it's kind of an inversion of the trope (laughs) where he's just like i've got all these ideas about exciting fun things totally and she has the agency of like it is him saving her, but also it feels like more agency because he's just sort of like, hey, what if you looked at the world this way? And then she's like, fuck yeah. Mm-hmm. 
I like that idea. I'll take it. Yeah, totally. He, um, that's exactly what his role is. He's just like, oh, I just won my ticket here at poker, and I'm not even supposed to be here, but now I'm I so am. so naughty. So, <laughs> <right>? <laughs> and then he's like, I'm king of the world. Um, yeah. So, um, and like I said, it def- the movie defies that trope also because... Like I mentioned before, she has to save him. There's a like when they're they're like running through the sinking ship on a number of occasions in the second <laughs> half of the movie, and it's not as though he's having to like drag her along or like carry her or any of the things that you often see in right. movies like that, uh, where, where there's a guy and a girl. He she's like oftentimes running ahead of him or like she gets through a thing and then he maybe doesn't like you were like oh my god did he die during this ah and then like he he pops up and he's not dead but um so i just loved that she is like not having to be this damsel in distress during that whole very long sequence cool so since the movie is about learning life lessons and trying to be open to adventure do you have you ever made any different life choices because of your love of Titanic? Where you have said, I'm going to make the adventurous choice like Rose and Jack would. <laughs> um, I don't know if I can attribute it specifically to the movie, but now I do want to get a bracelet, like one of those, like, what would Jesus do things? But like, have it be like, what would Rose and Jack do? Yeah. WWRJD. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I mean... I definitely think um, I used to be much more shy as a young person. Okay. And then I I think I got more adventurous and, uh, you know, free-spirited as an older person. Do I have Titanic to thank for that? Maybe I do. Yeah. I don't know. Did you, since you were watching it so much when you were young, did you take any ideas about what dating or love or romance should be from Titanic? I don't think so because I knew it was so outlandish. <laughs> and I don't know if it was because I was like, oh, that's how love was in the early, like in the like turn of the century, like early 20th century. Or if it was just because like I recognize this is a movie where everything is super heightened and embellished and like not represent repre- a representation of real life. Because... Uh, I mean, that's why I like all the movies that I like. They're very outlandish. Like, you know, Indiana Jones. There aren't Indiana Joneses out there. No. Uh, punching Nazis in real life. Um, There's more Nazi punching now. There but, is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I loved those movies because I, rec- I acknowledge them as like outlandish adventure things that don't really happen in real life. And I liked them because they were escape from... Yeah real life so no i don't think i uh was like oh this is what romance should be i I, guy should uh, save me and then draw me naked (laughs) (laughs) and you weren't on the lookout for possible billy zanes uh never no oh you mean like it's like a warning sign of like i like this guy but he's clearly a billy zane in titanic well that may i mean maybe mm, yeah if, if anyone displayed any behaviors that Billy Zane did, because he was very possessive and controlling yeah. and uh, just did not respect her as a woman or any of her choices or anything like that. So I would be like, if I encountered anyone who had any characteristics like that, like Billy Zane, I'd be like, get out of here. <laughs> You're not welcome in my life. 
Um, I don't know how you feel about this other movie I'm going to mention. It's mm-hmm. a hot button topic movie. Uh-huh. I think I probably do know. Uh, but do you like the scene in Love Actually where they watch Titanic? Okay. I. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably my favorite scene of that movie because the rest of that movie sucks. <laughs> and I With used to... vibrato. Right. <laughs> Uh, I used to like Love Actually. Okay. Um, and then the more and more I watch it, the more and more I'm like, oh, this is a piece of crap. We actually also talked about Love Actually on my podcast. So if you want to check out that episode, go for it. We do mention. In fact, I think that's the moment where I'm like, my favorite part of Love Actually is when they watch Titanic. And my co-host Jamie was like, I love Titanic. And then the magic was born. So Love Actually did bring you Titanic fans together in a way. I think, yeah, it did. <laughs> So, uh, obviously, Love Actually is, should just be called Problematic. Actually, uh, there's they like what you think of it as a movie, but then, obviously, there's a lot of issues with mm-hmm. it. Um, but do you enjoy that actual scene, that idea that a father with a child upset about love and sort of depressed in life would use Titanic in order to instruct a child how to feel better about the world? Do you feel like that's an appropriate use of Titanic? Maybe not to like instruct them in any way, but if it's if again, if it's just like an escape, like oh, you're feeling sad about this girl who doesn't know who you are, let's escape into this movie that'll make you feel really sad at the end. <laughs> <laughs> because yeah. well, they in the, in that scene in Love Actually, they shut it off r- right after. I think it's the scene where Jack and Rose are kissing on like the. The front of the ship, yeah. which is probably called something else, the bow or the stern or whatever. The uh, face of the boat. The face of the boat. Um, and then they pause it and then they just stop watching it. So I feel like they're like, well, this is the end of the movie. They finally get to kiss <laughs> and then nothing bad happens after that. It's the one VHS version <laughs> right. of Titanic. Uh-huh. <laughs> cool. Uh, would you go on a cruise that is meant to replicate the Titanic? Does Absolutely. your love extend? Absolutely. Oh, really? Yes. <laughs> If it was even like, we're now everybody knows ahead of time, everybody's going to live, but we are going to crash the boat, and you're going to get to act out running around, would you want to crash? Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> You've thought about this before. This is not new. Um, I, I've thought about it a little bit, but uh, <laughs> I would definitely, well, first of all, obviously, if like, assuming the stakes weren't life and death, like yeah. if I messed up, I hopefully I wouldn't die. But I like, I would want to see like how far, because part of the reason... I love the second half so much is like, would I fare as well? If I was in that situation, would I have the survival skills to last until the very end? Uh, I don't know. I'd want to find out because like, I'm a pretty good swimmer. I'm kind of athletic. I feel like I could maybe survive to the end. Yeah. I'd want to, I'd want to test it out for sure. Yeah. Nice. Um, This is the kind of the classic uh, Titanic question. Was there room on the door or wood or whatever it was for Jack? Did Jack want to die? Did Rose want to kill him? (laughs) So I have conflicting feelings about this. Uh, Upon first glance, yes, it looks like there would have been room on the door. Do they try very hard to test it out? (laughs) No, they don't at all. They basically, she gets on and then he tries to crawl on and then the door flips and then that's it. They give up after that. Okay. So that is upsetting. I wish they would have tried a little harder. Like, spend a few minutes of it, even if it has to be five minutes of screen time, which is boring, trying to get on this thing. And then you decide that it's not going to work out, fine. But I, so I wish they had tried harder. But um, 
I guess they just concluded that the weight, maybe not so much about the size, but the weight wouldn't have, their their weight wouldn't have held them up or whatever. Um, But yeah, I, although like once that failed, why couldn't he like swim around and try to find some other debris? Yeah. Like there would have been all kinds of like doors and, and crap floating around. Would you be happier if the film was 15 minutes longer on this already long film? And we had like 15 minutes of Jack trying to survive in some way. (laughs) Yeah, I do want to see that. (laughs) Um, Little known fact, there is an alternate ending at the very end where we cut back to old Rose and she's about to throw the diamond off the edge of the boat and uh, Bill Paxton spots her and he's like, no, 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 don't do that. And she's like... No, we just yeah, like you never understood Titanic. Like I have to let this go. Like there, she gives this whole stupid speech. It's so corny. I'm so glad it didn't end about that, way. that. The moral is let it go. Just Something let Jack like die. That. That's the lesson of Titanic. <laughs> <laughs> just let your life go. Let it go. Um, I don't remember the specifics of her speech, but it's so so bad and so corny. Um, it's on YouTube though. You can okay. search for it if you want to find it. But um. And then uh, at the very, very, very end of the movie, the last scene is there's some debate. Uh, I think that it's a dream sequence. Ooh. Uh, other people think it Rose has died and gone to heaven. But you see a shot of the boat underwater and it's all like all has the sea grime all over it. And then it starts to like fade and transition into the ship as it was in 1912 before it sunk and you're like walking down this corridor and the doors open to like the big hall and there's all the people all the characters that we knew from the movie and jack is standing at the top of the stairs and rose and then it like reveal that it's coming from rose's point of view and then she and jack kiss and everyone cheers and like my co-host jamie's like that is heaven that's rose's heaven and i'm like Okay, why would that be her version of heaven, first of all? Like, yeah. Th- sure, he, like, this was the moment that, like, changed her life for the better. But, like, she lived for 80-some-odd years after that. Like, <laughs> Fuck my surely- husband. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and my children. I want to be back on Death Boat with Sexy Guy. <laughs> right. So, like, I interpreted it as a dream. Other people think that she died and gone to heaven, uh, which is not something I believe in. And so that is maybe... the actual ending in the movie, right? The uh, the happy little scene on the boat? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So other people think it's heaven. You don't believe that? I don't believe that. Okay. So. And, but that's because you, you just said you don't believe in heaven? I don't believe in heaven. And also, even if I did, I don't think that that is the version of heaven that they would be hanging out in. Right. It's a weird heaven. Especially because all the people, all the rest of the people that you see died on, like, why would, oh, um, I'm in heaven now, this, like, wonderful paradise, and, like, everything's perfect, but I'm on this boat where I died. Maybe the dude in Shining who's in the old photo, that's heaven, too. Maybe. (laughs) It's all heaven. (laughs) When you first said there was an alternate ending, and you said it starts with Rose throwing the diamond in, Mm -hmm. I thought you were going to say that there was a version where, like, old zombie jack comes up from the ocean <laughs> and grabs the diamond that'd be a great that, oh i i agree <laughs> i would have loved to see that uh so you you do stand-up comedy mm-hmm. yes if you were on a cruise ship doing stand-up comedy and it started to sink would you go on like the musicians would you keep doing stand-up comedy oh great question 
Uh, you know, yeah, I would. The show must go on. Uh, and then I might complain and be like, well, they're not listening to me. But then I'd be like, well, they don't listen to me any other time either. Like the guys in the thing, they're like, they don't listen to us at dinner either. So it's pretty par for the course for me. No one's listening to my comedy. Hey guys, this is Sarah Meyer, co-producer of Obsessed, and I'm interrupting this interview ever so briefly to bring you some voices of people on the street who I stopped and asked about Titanic. Have you ever seen the movie Titanic? Yes. Yeah. Did you like it? I like Titanic. Uh, I think my family liked it, so yeah, I was young. <laughs> yeah, it's a Leonardo DiCaprio classic. Did you get emotional when you watched it? Yeah, I did the very first time, of course, when... When Jack drowns, how could you not cry during that part? Do you think he could have fit on that door with Kate Winslet? Oh, uh, yeah, definitely. I don't understand how they didn't get that to work. I remember seeing some, like, infographic, if you want to call it that, where, like, this is, like seven different ways he could have sat on there with her, but chose not to. Maybe he didn't have anything, like, else going for him. So, actually, I work as a photographer, a freelance photographer. Um, the other day, we went to this production company, which made the Avatar and the Titanic. So, they had this necklace that, what's her name again? Uh, Rose, Rose. I, they let me try it. You wore Rose's necklace yeah. at James Cameron's production company. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. It was fun, <laughs> but I was a bit ashamed because I didn't really remember that specific scene with the necklace. I actually know... Uh, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio's mom very well. Yeah, she used to work here down the street. I know her very well. She used to come here and shop and buy cigarettes from me. She doesn't smoke anymore, I guess. The most famous part is when Leonardo DiCaprio is with her on the, the oh. uh, with that scene. He says, I'm king of the world, right? Doesn't he say that? Yeah, I, I, I think he says that. Do you guys want to reenact that scene real quick? Sure. <laughs> okay, ready? Describe what you're doing. I'm behind her okay. with my, my arms, arms wide out. out too. <laughs> on Pretending that we're on a, on a ship looking out onto the, the world. You yeah. feel the wind, I feel, feel the, the wind. wind. <laughs> the world is our oyster. I'm king of the world. That's his favorite phrase. <laughs> Except then the ship sinks. Yeah, it doesn't work out too well. Some people think of the iceberg as a symbol of hubris. What's your iceberg? So we're both in medicine. So in that field, you're inherently a little bit competitive. So making sure that you're on top of things. I mean, like, I'm really bad about taking criticism. Like, that's yeah. like my iceberg. So if someone said, there's an iceberg, you didn't see the iceberg, what would you say? I mean, I saw it, I just didn't try to get around it. <laughs> the iceberg in my life is uh, love. Yeah. I don't even know if I want to crash into it or not. <laughs> it's not happening. <laughs> Have you ever crashed into the iceberg of love? Yes, yes. And sunk, like the Titanic, all the way in the bottom of the ocean, like Jack. Except my Titanic didn't throw a jewel in the ocean for me afterwards. She just got another jewel. <laughs> We're going to move on to our How Obsessed Are You questions. Okay. So these are questions I ask everybody, or variations of them. Uh, there are no right or wrong answers. Do you think about Titanic every day? No. I don't. I don't think I do. No. Even now when you're like super immersed in movies, because you got your podcast and on Facebook you've been doing your, your daily movie question, right? Mm -hmm, yes. So like movies, you they're part of your day now, Actually, right? yeah. Uh, let me let me re-answer because I find a way to answer Titanic with... So I pose... I have this stupid thing called Movie Talk with Caitlin. It's only on my Facebook, so it's not even accessible <laughs> to most people unless you're friends with me on Facebook um, where I just... App 
pose a question to my friends and I say like, what's your favorite this kind of movie or uh, what's a movie that you've seen the most number of times or something like that. And I somehow find a way to answer Titanic almost every time. <laughs> like in response to other people's responses? Yeah. Or like I'll answer my own question. Okay. Uh, and then I'll say, oh, Titanic works for me. <laughs> um, so I am maybe thinking about it every day now. Okay. It's at least uh, in, in your pocket is a joke. Is yeah. your go-to joke movie mm-hmm. and your beloved movie. Have you ever had a dream about Titanic? Oh, not that I remember yeah but that's just because i don't remember any of the dreams i've ever had so (laughs) yeah i'm not the best okay yeah okay fair enough when people walk into your home can they tell you're obsessed with titanic no i don't have any artifacts or anything they can tell they can tell i'm obsessed with movies because i have different like paintings on my wall of other movies uh, that I have created, brag, uh, that I, I painted them, but I don't have a Titanic painting. Okay, so uh, I want to talk about this a little bit more. So are you a visual artist? Are you uh, trained or did you just be like, were you just like, I don't want to buy a print, I'm going to paint this? I'm not super trained. I took some art classes here and there um, and I was a paint night instructor for a while. Are you familiar with what that is? Uh, is that the same as like the the wine and in paint thing? Yeah, that's basically what that is. Okay, but you, I, I'm curious from your perspective, what what, what is it? It is uh, an event where you like buy a ticket to a paint night thing, and there's an instructor who teaches you how to paint. It's usually a sunset or a tree or something like that. And uh, it's mostly middle-aged women who are coming with all their gal pals. and Or uh, it's a good date thing. People go okay. on dates a lot. Um, and you basically just spend two hours painting a painting. You eat. It's They always like take place at restaurants. So you like you order wine or margaritas or whatever. And you uh, paint this thing that you get to take home with you at the end. And it's meant to be very relaxing, right? Yeah. Okay. It's uh, fun, relaxing, but also like fun. Uh, there's like you know upbeat music and ever, and I'm like cracking. So I used to do this job, <laughs> and uh, I got hired because I do stand up and also was like an okay painter. Um, so I had that job for like six months or something like that, where I was teaching these paint night events. And were you making organic jokes to the situation, or were you like subtly testing out? Your actual stand-up I was, act. I wasn't on doing these any painters. of my material, although I probably should have. <laughs> but no, it was stuff that was like actually relevant to the event. Okay. And do you feel like you got better at painting? Um. Yeah, I would say that I did. Um. Although I had to like kind of like speed. If I was doing my own painting, I'll like be very meticulous and spend a lot of time with it. But for these events that only lasted two hours, I only had that amount of time to like okay. slap this paint on the thing. Um. So I got better at painting quickly. <laughs> okay. So now you've painted. How recently did you paint all of these pictures of movies? Um, it was a few months ago. Uh, I want to say like three months ago. I did one of Back to the Future, one of Jurassic Park, and one of Star Wars. Why not Titanic? It seems like it is, if not your favorite movie, it is certainly the one that you have devoted a week to your life of your life to. <laughs> mm-hmm. Why do you not want... Titanic hanging on your wall. I guess I just wouldn't know exactly what version of Titanic to paint. Do yeah. I do I have it when it's like 
not yet half submerged underwater or do i do it when it's like people should i draw little bodies flying off (laughs) and dying uh because a fact you learn from the movie the funny thing about this or i don't know if it's funny or not but i know almost nothing about the actual history of the shipwreck okay everything i know about titanic is from watching this movie so I'm like I don't even know which of the characters are actually based on real people, which are fictional. I'm pretty sure Jack and Rose are not real people. Other people in the movie I think are based on real character or real people from history. Who's to say? Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll never know. <laughs> um. Uh. So you were uh I think going toward what part of the movie would you paint? Right. 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 Um. Yeah. I think I would probably do uh the like the ship like ha- like it's the tail end of it's like sticking up in the air because the other half is like completely submerged underwater right i think that's what i would do that seems like what you gravitate towards mm-hmm. because the romance is just the build up to that exciting moment where the ship comes apart exactly <laughs> <laughs> okay do you have or would you get a titanic tattoo <sighs> mm, no Man, my answers to these suck. Uh, no, they're, they're, all like, they're no, no wrong answers. Um, only because I don't have any tattoos yet. Yeah. And I don't know if I would ever get one. Um, and if I did, what would that be of? It would. It would. If I got a Titanic tattoo, it would be the lamest thing in the world. It would be so corny. But part of me is like, that nah, could be funny. Um, <laughs> but no, I don't think. I mean, there's almost there's nothing I would I want permanently on my body uh at this point yeah so it's a general tattoo issue it also seems like your love of titanic isn't like these paintings you showed me all have a distinct viewpoint on what is an iconic moment of the film for you or or iconic image right and it doesn't seem like you know automatically what the iconic image to you that captures right the I wonder, spirit of this movie, except for maybe a boat ripped in half. Yes. <laughs> I wonder if someone had, I bet if we Googled, like, Jack standing at the front of the ship being like, I'm king of the world. Woo. Oh, yeah. I bet someone has that tattoo where he's just, like, arms in the air. Standing yeah. Standing there. Yeah. King of the world stamp, for sure. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, would you have a Titanic-themed birthday party? You know what? I would. I think I would. <laughs> In fact, the 2017 is the no. I for some reason I was like, oh, it's like the 100th anniversary of Titanic. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's not true. It's maybe the 105th because it it sunk. I in... bet it is an anniversary of the Titanic sinking for sure. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't make sense. Uh, no, I think it's the 105th because if it sunk in 1912, yeah. Yeah, 105th this year. Anyway. I don't do math, just mm. loose and fast on a podcast. I'm gotcha. not. I'm not that dangerous. Well. <laughs> I, I haven't learned to live like Jack on the wild side, doing math in my head on a podcast. But yeah, I total. I think I totally would have a, a Titanic theme birthday party. Cool, cool. Uh, so I, I think part of what some of these questions are getting at, and I still will ask you a few more. But uh, I'm always interested in how people uh, express their obsession because mm. sometimes it's. I think what obsession is, is something was made to be consumed in a certain way, and that's not enough. Right. It seems like you're like, I watch this all the time. I let it wash over me and affect my subconscious in ways I only partially understand. Right. And I'm good. And you don't feel the drive to be like, 
but I need Titanic underwear. And it's been two days since I've had a Titanic conversation. And Right. Well, that's true for me of anything I like. Okay. Uh, like, I'm a minimalist, so I don't like having things. So I don't have a bunch of, like, like, I love... Uh, Star Wars and Back to the Future, but I don't have like figurines of those things. Like I don't, I don't like to have my life cluttered with things. So okay. I'm not gonna. And like I said, I'm, I'm probably never gonna get a tattoo. So it would like, I can't express my obsession that way. It's mostly just me consuming it as a thing that I watch obsessively. I mean, you know, again, I've spent 162 some hours, yeah, watching this movie. That's insane. That's a lot. <laughs> Um, and yeah, I talk about it a lot, uh, especially on my, it, on my podcast, we did the episode, but then it's also something we mention almost every single other episode, whether it's more relevant or not. <laughs> so I'm talking about it constantly. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. But like, in terms of like tangible things, I don't, I just don't collect things. Yeah. So. There is, over your shoulder, as we're recording this podcast, a literal cluttered pile of Star Wars action figures. Oh, I noticed when I walked in. Yeah. <laughs> Did you also judge? No, I didn't. Okay, good. I was like, yeah, no, that checks out for Joseph. <laughs> <laughs> That's who I thought this guy was. A uh, couple more how obsessed are you questions. If a bear was blocking you from watching Titanic, would you try to get around the bear? <laughs> um, is it... Is it like Paddington Bear? Because then I'd be like, Paddington, get out of the way. You'd be like, oh, sorry. I'm so sorry. Yeah, it's Paddington, but there's just a little bit of matted blood in Paddington's fur. So you oh, don't so know whether you can trust him or not. He might be kind of rabid. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I'd, I would, I'd fight him. I'd fight bloody mouth Paddington. <laughs> because watching this is what it's about for you. Mm-hmm. To let see it again and again. Yes. All right. Uh, this is the final How Obsessed Are You question. It is a weird one. If you couldn't watch Titanic without you or someone you love first being punched in the crotch, would you still watch Titanic? <laughs> like if someone was like, you can never see this movie again until I have punched you or somebody else you know. In the crotch. Someone you love, not just someone, someone you I, Okay, someone I love. <laughs> sure, Steve. I would take a punch to the crotch if it meant being able to keep watching Titanic, yes. Okay. Would you want the punch before the movie or just as the insanity and the the tragedy starts happening in the film? You know what? I might be so hyped up on adrenaline at the, that moment where like all the craziness starts happening that I, I could probably better handle a punch then. So yeah, yeah I, I would want it then. Yeah, really add to the tension of... The iceberg is coming. Right. Can we avoid it? <laughs> <laughs> I ask people to make a noise to sum up their obsession. What noise can you make to sum up your obsession with Titanic? Oh, man. I wish I could do, like, the noise that the, um, like, the smokestacks make or, like, the, the like, fog, like, the... But um, <laughs> instead, I want to do... Yeah. That was your tribute to Celine Dion's yes. My Heart Will Go On. Mm-hmm. Do you like the song or do you have to suffer through the song to get I to your movie? I am kind of ambivalent. If I just isolate the song, I'd be like, this is a fucking stupid song. <laughs> but because it's so closely attached to the movie for me, I'm like, yes, I love it. Yeah. So it comes on in like the car. You're going to turn it up? Mm, yeah, yeah. And rock out as yeah, much yeah. as one can to yeah. My Heart Will Go On. <laughs> Okay, I rate people's obsession on a scale of one to seven, and then I had a thing for flavor. So seven icebergs, 
is the highest you could be rated. Uh-huh. This one's hard. I think, <sighs> hmm, I think I'm going to go like a 5.2 icebergs. <laughs> okay. Because this is a really interesting obsession to me where you totally embrace it. It's It fits in your life in this one specific way. It's just a movie and you watch it. Mm-hmm. But you also seem a little tortured that you've given this much of your life to it. Like there's this, clearly you love it, but there's this little tiny drop of existential dread when you say, <laughs> it's been a week of my life. Yeah. Well, probably because I, I don't like, it hasn't necessarily, I haven't grown as a person because of it, at least not consciously. Yeah. Uh, has it made me understand screenwriting any better? Not really. Like, I probably could have spent that time working on my own script. Yeah. But instead, I'm watching James Cameron's shitty dialogue. I want to be clear. I know we're coming to the end, but I want, I have a few last things I want to oh, say. Oh, yeah, that's fine. One is, I know it's not a good movie. <laughs> like, I love it, but I know it's not that good. The fact that it won all those Academy Awards that year, I think it was either 11 or 13. Yeah. It broke the record of at that time. The fact that it won so many is insane because the acting is pretty bad. Uh, uh, Kate Winslet and uh, uh, the guy's name is what? Oh, Leonardo DiCaprio. They don't do that great of a job. Um, the a lot of the writing, a lot of the dialogue is clunky and yeah. not very well done. The practical effects are incredible. Uh, I think they're terrific, and it's one of the main reasons I love the movie so much, um, and just the buildup of tension and all that. But I just want everyone, I want listeners to know that I acknowledge <laughs> that it's not a very good movie. Yeah. I love it all the same. Um, well, but, you, yeah. you, you are a connoisseur of movies, and it seems like in your life becoming even more right now because of your, your podcast and mm-hmm. your daily Facebook thing. Even when we can look at a movie and say, wow, that is technically really stiff dialogue. It broke all of these screenwriting rules. The acting is bad, but it's powerful Mm -hmm. and it affects people. Isn't that good in a way? Because it made an impact. I suppose so. Um, Because there's so many different criteria you can judge a movie on. Yeah. I mean, there's so many different things to unpack and isolate. You know, the acting, the dialogue, the story, the structure, the tone, the themes, the music, the score, the, you know, I could go on and on. The costume design, everything. That's why there's so many different categories for Academy Awards. And they don't even touch on a lot of the different things that you can still like a movie for. Yeah. Um, Like tone and theme and stuff like that. Um, So... Like, I there's some things that I think the movie does super well, and those are the reasons I like the movie. Um, there's other things where I acknowledge, oh, this is dumb. So I just want the message I want to get across <laughs> is, I, I, yeah, I, I poise myself as this huge movie buff. I, I'm always like, I have great taste in movies, guys. <laughs> uh, whether you think so or not, um, I have two degrees in film. I have a film bachelor's and then a screenwriting master's okay. degree so i i know that loving this movie so much probably takes away a lot of my credibility <laughs> so i just want people to know that i know that it's kind of dumb but also amazing <laughs> yeah well i think that's just fine yeah <laughs> i'm a big fan of the star wars prequels oh uh, no no yeah we don't need to have the I, I can give you hours of me talking about this on star wars podcast yeah. and you'll be fine we don't have to do it here but i do think that there is a power in 
uh, even movies that are legitimately bad in most traditional ways that we discuss movies, Mm -hmm. that they still affect somebody, even if it's just one person. Mm -hmm. That's a power. And then there's movies where, like Titanic, there are parts that are amazingly well done. So you watch the movie for that. And then I think that there is like a Stockholm Syndrome with the bad parts where you see them again and again mm-hmm. and you come to love them against your will. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say that's very accurate. Cool. Was there anything else that you wanted to be sure that the listeners knew about your Titanic obsession or perspective? Um, Any other credibility protection right. statements that <laughs> you know. wanted to make? Oh, I have a reputation to uphold. No. Um, I don't think so. Um, I just, oh man, they like build almost a full scale model of the Titanic and then they (laughs) filled it with water and there's, oh man, it's just so good. Um, no, that's, that's, I think that's it. That's your main message. Okay. Uh, Where can people find you on social media? You can follow me at Caitlin Durante uh, on Twitter and you can go to my website, CaitlinDurante.com to check out like my upcoming comedy shows. Um, you can also follow my podcast at Bechtel Cast, uh, and you can listen to it on iTunes and Libsyn and Google Play and other platforms. I don't even know <laughs> where all it's at. You can um, rate and review us and all that fun stuff. Cool. Uh, here's some quick plugs for this show, and then we have a couple final questions. Great. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram is at Joseph Scrimshaw. You can follow Obsessed Podcast on Twitter and Facebook is at Obsessed Podcast. For info on all my upcoming shows and comedy albums and stuff, you can check out my website at josephscrimshaw.com. You can also support Obsessed by backing us on Patreon for as little as $1 a month. You get access to our monthly patron-only bonus episodes. For full info on that, go to patreon.com slash josephscrimshaw and to listen to me say things that might make you upset or happy about the prequels that you you can check out my podcast for center. All right. Final questions. Yes. They don't have anything to do with your obsession, but they can if you want. Cool. If you turned into something during the full moon, what would you want to turn into? Oh, oh, well, mm, good question. Okay. <laughs> I, a bunch of things sprung a to mind. A range of I'm emotions. Go, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I, for an animal, I would, if I was to turn into an animal, it would be a red panda (laughs) because they're just so cute and clumsy and stupid and I love them. (laughs) Um, And I would probably pose no threat to anyone. Like, how bad would you feel if you were a werewolf and then you turned into a wolf at the full moon and then you killed all your best friends and then you turned back into a human? You're like, look at this horrible thing I do. I couldn't, you know, you can't live with yourself after that. Yeah. So as a red panda, I would probably just sort of like paw at them a little bit and then they'd be <laughs> fine um but then also for some reason uh i was like what if i turned into a a time traveling delorean uh, that popped into my head i don't know why um uh, well you like back to the future a lot yeah but yeah i i did leave the question open-ended instead of saying animal so i'm glad that you mm-hmm. thought of something that is not even remotely an animal i think outside the box <laughs> <laughs> where would you want to go if you were a delorean like what time period? Yeah. Or oh, oh man. Um, I think I'd want to go to like the Middle Ages. Oh, okay, nice. And because I just want to like, I love castles. Okay. And I just want to. I know there are castles like today still <laughs> that are standing, but I want to want to go when they're like, like prime castle time. Okay. Yeah, that sounds like the coolest eighties. Trapper Keeper notebook to have the DeLorean <laughs> from Back to the Future in front of a castle. Yeah. yeah. If someone made a statue of you after you died, what would you want the statue to be doing? Oh, God. Um, 
I'm just I'm just making noises to fill the time while I think of a good answer. They're great I'm noises. So... <laughs> Thank you. Um, I guess I would probably want to be... See, all the things that I do that I enjoy doing are like pretty passive activities. Like, I, I guess, like, I could be standing in front of a microphone doing comedy or recording a podcast, but that's kind of boring. Um, I used to play soccer, but, like, that's not a defining thing about me anymore, <laughs> but that would look cooler. But it's active. Yeah, it's more active. So, I don't know. Maybe, like, um, I was going to say, like, somersaulting, but why? I don't <laughs> somersault around or cartwheeling. So, it's more important to you to leave a active statue for the people <laughs> in the world after you've died than to have an accurate representation of what your contribution <laughs> to the world was. Yeah, I don't know why, but uh, I just, statues that like someone's just standing there, like what's the point, you know? <laughs> Do you feel that way when you walk down the street and like boring statues? I don't even know why statues exist. Like what? <laughs> like, I think we get it. To commemorate people's accomplishments in life. <sighs> yeah, I guess. Would um, you like it if you were doing stand-up and playing soccer at the same time. So yeah. it is honest uh -huh. and active. Yeah. Let's do that. Okay. <laughs> Done. I'll let the statue people know. <laughs> Thank you. These aren't just dumb questions. <laughs> I'm collecting information that Good. I pass on to authorities. <laughs> the final question for everyone on the podcast is, what is happiness? What? <laughs> I know. It's a really easy question. <clears throat> uh, it's something that I have no idea how to experience. <laughs> And yet, when you watch Titanic, is it, an, is it a feeling of happiness or is it a feeling of happiness, scratching an itch? Yeah, I wouldn't describe any of the feelings I feel during Titanic as happiness because, as we discussed, it's tragic, it's tragedy, it's sad, people die, uh, and not just uh, 1,500 people die, um, but... I also just have like such a strong appreciation for the the filmmaking that yeah. I like kind of am happy about it. I don't know. Um happiness is acknowledging that everything is terrible and still being okay with it. No, that's not right at all. You shouldn't be okay with things that are terrible. Um I really have no idea. Should I go back on antidepressants? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> I think that is perhaps one of the most honest answers I've got, oh. which I, I really appreciate. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah. 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 Uh, <laughs> well, I'll have you back on the podcast in a little while, and you're, you'll be prepared I'll for the be, what yes. is happiness question. I will. And you can give me the, the kind of glib answers that sometimes people give me then. Uh, I will, or I'll give an even more upsetting answer, knowing me. We'll find out. It is a fun to be continued. I, I have had, uh, I have been happy doing the podcast with you. You're yes, I've guest. had so much fun. Thank you. <laughs> That's our podcast. Yay. You've been listening to Obsessed. Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest shared some stories with the rest. Rate five stars if you're impressed. That's it. <laughs>